our turn. Welcome to the Women of Gaming podcast. Hello, hello, hello. hello, hello. We're back. Welcome back, everyone, <laughs> to episode ten. Ooh, we, we made it. Double digits. Um, so we're going to kick off today's episode with a game review, since we are the Women of Gaming. We're going to cover Disney's Dreamlight Valley. Now, I know yes. Des has this game. Sorry, she's this way. She has this <laughs> game, and I just have to tell you, I haven't seen her actually absorb it into a game as much as she has been lately. So if Des is hooked on it, it's got to be a really good game. Um, I'm going to go over the synopsis here. So it says, Disney Dreamlight Valley is a hybrid between a life sim and an adventure game rich with quests, exploration, and engaging activities featuring Disney and Pixar friends, both old and new. Once an idyllic land, Dreamlight Valley was a place where Disney and Pixar characters lived in harmony until the forgetting. Night thorns grew across the land and severed the wonderful memories tied to this magical place. With nowhere else to go, the hopeless inhabitants of Dreamlight Valley retreated behind locked doors in the Dream Castle. Now it's up to you to discover the stories of this world and bring magic back to Dreamlight Valley. Yes, I love it. Once upon a time, right? It it is a lot like Once Upon a Time, the storyline, and it's so good. Um, Like Nikki was saying, I don't generally allow myself a lot of time to game. I love it. I it's it's one of my favorite things to do, but you know, going back to the beginning of our dating relationship with me and my husband, I used to get mad at him when he'd spend hours on end gaming. And I think a lot of that was based in jealousy, maybe even envy because he allowed himself to do the things that I wouldn't allow myself to do. And, you know, we can go back to, you know, elementary school, middle school, all of the, the crap about, well, girls don't play games, you know, that I'd hear from the boys. Um, but, you know, now I'm an adult and I have two boys. So I feel like as a female gamer, I have to let them know that, yes, women do play games and it's perfectly natural. Um, and this game is really pulling me back into that. And I, I love Disney for doing this. There's so much nostalgia. Um I, I was telling somebody who hadn't heard about it that this game is like The Sims meets Animal Crossing meets GTA because there's quests. And then when I said GTA, their mouth kind of like dropped. I'm like, what are you talking about? Because they're thinking about like Mickey running around, running people over. But that wasn't the case. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's just a lot of fun. And like the whole story, like the forgetting, I think it's really cool that they tell you about it, but they don't tell you all of it because they've forgotten it. So you have to really like get into the missions and the different quests to find out different reasons as to why the forgetting came, where it came from, if it's going away, how you make it go away. Um, it's very immersive. Oh. Yeah. And That's it's, cool. it's just fun. Interesting. Do you guys have I any heard- questions about it? Cause I'll just sit here and talk yeah. forever. No, I heard that you could, uh, since it's similar to Animal Crossing and you have these dialogue with these characters, I heard that you could actually befriend villains. Is that true? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) I haven't made it that far yet, but the first villain I want to befriend is Ursula. And I am crossing my fingers and my toes, my legs, my eyes, everything, hoping that Maleficent is in here. If I had fins, I'd cross those too. (laughs) (laughs) no I'm I'm really hoping for Maleficent um I've done a really good job of not looking ahead at spoilers because I don't want to leak anything to myself 
but I want Maleficent really bad. Dope. I can really get behind having uh, just a league of my uh, baddie villain ladies. <laughs> um, so yes, you can buy three editions. We have the standard edition, the deluxe edition, and the ultimate edition. Um, those go from $29.99 to $49.99 to $69.99. As you can see, they come with different cosmetics. And I guess that looks like an in-game currency as well. Um, it is currently available on the Switch. Microsoft Store, so you can play it on the PC, the Xbox, Epic Game Store, Steam, PlayStation, and coming soon to the Mac Apple Store. I do want to note that if you have the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, you have access to f- play this for free. So oh, that's cool. You should go play that. I have that, so I don't know why I am not. I don't either. <laughs> it's been out long enough, Nikki. It's time. It is time. I think maybe I'm still trying to hold on to Animal Crossing, but um, I heard it is better than Animal Crossing because of one one thing um, that I put down here when I was researching it. It is better because it has unique dialogue options. Yes. Um, oh so my god! Yes. Who plays Animal Crossing knows that you have the personality types, and they all spew out the same crap no matter who it is, even if they're different people, and that's. That's boring. So actually carrying a conversation with these characters that we've grown up with and known to love like this entire time um, and any Disney diehard fans, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I remember trying to get Boots the Alligator off my island and I had to read the same transcript (laughs) over and over again before I knew how to get him off the island and I wanted to throw my switch at the wall. It was ridiculous. Um, But no, so I I am going to spoil it just a little bit because I love the nostalgia factor in this. Um, the first character that you meet is Merlin from the, uh, the Sword in the Stone. Mm. And he is amazing. One of the things that you have to do to get into your home is use a magic word. And he gives you options. So there's, I think, abracadabra, hocus pocus, and then like higgity biggity or higgity giggity, something like that. And I was looking at them and I realized, oh, wait a minute. Merlin says Higgity something in the movie. So I selected the Higgity whatever. And he goes, oh, I'll take that as a compliment. And I was like, yes, yes, you will. Because I remember that from when I was seven. (laughs) And and not many of us remember Sword in the Stone nowadays. Uh, That was a really good, good movie growing up. It was, it was Sword in in the Stone, Journey to Atlantis, uh, or Atlantis, not Journey to Atlantis, sorry. Atlantis, Lost Empire, Treasure Planet, and Black Cauldron for me were like the big four. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They were all good. Yeah. So that, that's cool that I honestly, I would have, and I worked for Disney for five years, Des, I would have never remembered that. So I loved it. Good on you for, yeah. Good on you for remembering that. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm a little bit more swayed now that there's like some sort of story to it. Um, I was thinking where it was just like animal crossing. I tried animal crossing for, two days and I couldn't, okay, I couldn't do it. I can't say anything bad about Animal Crossing because I've been playing that all of them forever. So, <laughs> Yeah, I started with New Horizons and it, it's good, but it's not exactly what I wanted. But there is one thing that I wanted to bring up about um, the Dreamlight game. I saw some stuff on Reddit and it was, no offense, Bill, but it was male gamers and they were talking, you know, going on their tangents like they do about how certain games are not real games and women stop saying that you're gamers because you play these games. And of course, Dreamlight was one of them. 
And it got me thinking, you know, how many gamers are women and, you know, how many gamers are out there? So I looked up demographics and the demographics I found are from datapro.net or prot.net. And according to them, there are 3.24 billion gamers across the world. The average gamer is 35 years old. So I'm going to come back to that in a second. Uh, 50% of Europeans play video games. Over 1.7 people are PC gamers. Excuse me, 1.7 billion people are PC gamers. And 46% of American gamers are female. That was the big one for me. So 46% of us have vaginas and we play video games actively. <laughs> and whether you guys like it or not, Dreamlight is one of those games that we like because it's easy to play. There's no competition in there. There's, there's nothing driving you other than finishing the skill or the quest at hand. And it's, it's easy to relax and just enjoy what you're doing. And you get to decorate stuff, which is something not every woman, but a lot of women like to do. Um, oh yeah. But I wanted to go back to the average gamer being 35 really quick. I thought that was pretty significant because if you think back to when gaming consoles started coming out and like the big arcade games and everything, with the average gamer being 35, you can take that all the way back to Nintendo and even the Atari. The Atari generation is going to be a little bit older than that. But to be a 35-year-old gamer means that you literally grew up living, breathing, eating, sleeping, gaming. And you've seen all of the different generations come out. You've seen all of the progress mm -hmm. that was made throughout your entire life. So Dreamlight, even though it could be considered a very childish game because it is Disney-oriented or Disney and, you know, Disney's kind of child-oriented... There's lifestyle. so much nostalgia attached to it. I mean, just going back to, to what I said about Merlin and alone, remembering that time when he was saying Higgity, whatever, and then thinking about Archimedes and how much I love that stupid little owl. But then <laughs> even the clothing options, like there were skinny jeans in the clothing options. And I got excited about the skinny jeans because these kids today don't wear skinny jeans. They wear those God awful low rise, extra low rise bell bottom flare monstrosities. They wear all the stuff we wore in the 90s, trying to be cool. It's unfortunate. It's no, very honey, unfortunate. We did that. And they got excited about skorts. I said, can we not? Can, yeah, no. <laughs> my sister gets excited about skorts, and I'm like, get out right now. You are not allowed in my room if you're going to be wearing that skort. <laughs> um, if you don't mind, I'm sorry. As, as somebody who was not interested in this game to begin with, uh, when you explain the storyline, Nikki... Uh, it reminded me of how much I enjoyed um, Once Upon a Time and their storyline and uh, how they did forget everything and they didn't know who they were mm -hmm. um, and everything like that. So I'll probably look at a little bit more reviews and see if I like it. Um, it's definitely one of those games that I would consider too slow paced. For, I couldn't even stay or keep my attention on Pokemon Legends Arceus. And I love Pokemon games, you know, so... Um, it, it seems really interesting. Um, like I said, I picked up Animal Crossing for a couple days and it just, I, I couldn't do it. But, um, uh, again, on the touching on the, um, the demographics that you put out, I can't tell you how many times a day I have men come in and ask for things like Stardew Valley or, oh, I love Stardew. Uh, yeah, come in and look for things called Stardew Valley, Story of Seasons, Animal Crossing. I had, had I did have a few questions about Dreamlight Valley today, 
Um, and these are for themselves. This, this isn't even for a spouse, a significant other, a sister, anything, you know, and it makes me happy. These, these men are, you know, gay, straight, and, you know, whatever else, or however you want to identify it's, it's really disappointing to me to, to hear that, uh, these other male gamers, which are, I don't want to slap stereotypes on anything, but call of duty, uh, gamers probably that are saying, Oh, well, you're not a real gamer because you play, um, you know, stupid life sims and stuff like that. It's just, it's beyond me at this point that people would even think that. Um, because oh, there's there's a niche for everybody, and um, regardless of how they may see it, you know, a real gamer is somebody who dedicates time to a specific game. It doesn't matter the genre, you know. You don't have to Even be a Call of Duty. Gaming. Yeah, you don't have to play <laughs> Call of Duty for most of your lifespan to be a you know. A gamer and you know i'm not even a call of duty fan you know so and at it, what point do you start getting bored with call of duty and the same damn storyline over and over yeah, again see the thing with modern warfare 2 that's another story for another day that's uh they're trying to do something different it's not a remaster it's a completely different story and they're bringing back ghost which was a really popular character but uh, again that's that's a that's a story for another day regarding modern warfare 2 they just were not creative with the title this time so when are they ever? Yeah, never. True. Speaking of titles, um, just recently, uh, Tokyo, uh, what is it? The Tokyo Game Show just oh, launched yeah. like a couple days ago, mm-hmm. and uh, Microsoft is aiming to bring more Japanese developer titles or Microsoft, yeah, to Xbox. And we have a little thing here. Um, Sammy was very excited to introduce yeah. this because a lot of really, <laughs> really cool uh, Japanese developers are being able to push out their stuff onto uh, the Xbox platform. Do you want um, to tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. So for those of you who know me pretty well, a lot of you know that I'm an avid PlayStation hater. Um, I'm not a fan of Sony. Um, Excuse you. Uh, yeah, you're excused. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, I've always been an Xbox gamer since the moment my parents got my brother and I the original Xbox, even though the first PlayStation, which is a phenomenal console, uh, was my first gaming system. Um, but uh, the last two, three months since May, uh, the Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S have actually outsold PlayStation 5 in Japan. Um, which is That's very, it, it is very shocking. Um, and a lot of what the is uh, revealed in the Tokyo game show has to do with that. Um, now, one of the biggest exclusives to PlayStation is Persona. Um, Persona done by uh, the studio Atlas, who's also known for, I believe, Danganronpa. Correct me if I'm mm-hmm. wrong, but they're also I known for Shin Megami Tensei. Uh, which is also a really good uh, mature rated game for those of you who like JRPGs. Um, Shin Megami Tensei. You're fine. Yeah, you got it. (laughs) Um, So Persona 3, 4, and 5 are actually going to be added to the Xbox and Xbox Game Pass. Mm -hmm. Um, They just added a PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 exclusive called Deathloop. Um, that yep. was added to, I think, Game Pass this last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted then, to talk about that, actually. Yeah, the Death go Loop. for it. So that was supposed to be a PlayStation exclusive. 
Um, and now uh, it's available on Xbox. Do you think it has anything to do with um, Sony being in hot water with all the lawsuits and accusations, finger pointing going uh, on? Seems convenient. It, it's it's also Deathloop was one of those titles that wasn't uh, too. I, I don't think they promoted it very well. So I think it was one of those things where the studio, the studio who did Deathloop, um, which I'm, I'm unaware of which studio it is. Uh, my apologies for the lack of knowledge there. Um, but that the, the Deathloop itself just didn't get a lot of traction. And, and the game is basically you repeating the same day over and over again. Um, that sounds good. It, yeah. So uh, it's, quite interesting and then um they also um you know death stranding was another big one um death stranding who uh for those of you who have seen the walking dead norman reedus plays the main character sam um uh, yeah who played daryl in walking dead that basically is a it's a post-apocalyptic story a dystopian story um about a about the united states having practically fallen apart and sam is tasked with trying to figure out how to put the united states back together again and you see him carrying around this this beacon called a bb it's got a baby in it but it's a b-e-b-e and it's basically a beacon to an alternate dimension um that brings in characters uh played by Guillermo del toro and one other uh famous actor whose name i can't remember um but if you guys have a chance to play death stranding and you're xbox only and you don't have a playstation um i would recommend uh looking at it 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 was confirmed to have a sequel um so that'll be super interesting um another big one for the xbox that they revealed is the like a dragon series um for those of you who are yakuza fans um yakuza was playstation 3 playstation 4 exclusive for a while um and then i believe the like a dragon um yakuza came uh around for xbox this uh most recent release um, and they're doing one called Like a Dragon Ishin, which is um, a backstory on one of the characters. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, more, uh, not so much feudal era Japan, but that's what it seems like. Um, uh, possibly has to do with the development of the Yakuza back in the um, uh, mid to late 1600s, uh, which started as uh, traveling caravans of of men who poached uh harvest festivals and stole goods from you know villages and uh sold them elsewhere so that's kind of how the yakuza started um and uh that's nice to know that they're bringing the yakuza series because the yakuza series is a phenomenal series for those of you who haven't played it and you like uh stuff if if you like stuff like yeah if you like stuff like saints row um uh grand theft auto uh, mafia, um, any of those video games that are very crime oriented, you also get a cultural aspect on what the mafia is like in Japan. Um, the definition of the tattoos, what the tattoos mean, what each character in the tattoos mean. Um, and you also get to follow phenomenal characters in these stories. Um, and how, uh, you know, there's there's things like, you know, just the pinky or only the pinky and 
the Yakuza in Japan, if you make a mistake or anything like that, what they'll do is they'll cut your pinky off as a warning and Ouch. to make you always, to make you always remember of uh, that, that, that pro the, you know, that problem that occurred or that thing that you did so that you don't do it again. And if you do it again, there is no second chance. So or I'm third start implementing that at home with say. my kids. Right. <laughs> Great so, parenting structure here. Follow the Yakuza. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, the Yakuza series is really good. Um, I've never played it myself. I've only ever watched cutscenes and read stuff about it because it was a PlayStation exclusive for the longest time. Um, it is fairly older. Um, so uh, it's on, P I believe, PS2, PS3, um, and PS4 as well. Um, and then there's also, what is this that we're watching right now? Oh, Exo Fighter. Gotcha. Um, this looks cool. Yeah, no, it does actually look, it almost looks um very Ultraman. Excuse me. Um, I think it. I hear you. Dude, I want to, I want to fight the Zergs. Zerg armies. Yeah, that's Sorry. cool. <clears throat> um, there was a list of other things. Um, Final Fantasy VII uh, Crisis Core Reunion. Uh, is also going to be on the Xbox as well. So uh, finally, uh, the Xbox gets some uh, smidgen of Final Fantasy VII, um, but Final well, Fantasy VII I'm Remake about that, is going to be on the PlayStation exclusively. Go ahead. Uh, so I know that most Final Fantasies were rolled out on PlayStation, but any of the... I want to say on my Game Pass, I had access to... Probably Final 14 and 15. Oh, Final oh. Fantasy 7. Uh, no, uh, no, sorry. Final Fantasy 10. Yeah. And 10 too. Mm hmm Yeah, okay. so I know may I have those on my computer right now because those are my favorite Final Fantasies. May I interject real quick? I think most of Final Fantasies came out on Nintendo's platforms first because 7 yeah. was the first one that didn't come out on Nintendo. Is yeah. that not correct? No, no, no. That's I believe true. you're correct. Oh, yeah, no. they that also great. Yeah, they also have, um, I think right now on Nintendo, they have um, Zodiac Age on Nintendo right now, for the Switch at least. Um, but yeah, you would be right. Uh, but most, I believe, just Final Fantasy VII, um, at least the remake is the exclusive right now. Um, they There was a Final Fantasy um, Stranger of Paradise, which was a origin story, um, is also available on the Xbox uh, as well. That one also wasn't too well promoted, unfortunately, but it is a good story. Um, there were I other didn't really like Final Fantasy VII. I'm going to be honest with you. Final Fantasy VIII was my jam. Um, I liked Squall, Leonhardt, and Renoa. I liked their story. I liked their characters better. Yeah. So, but everybody Final is Fantasy, like so up on seven. I'm like, ah. Yeah. Each Final Fantasy <laughs> is its own separate realm or universe. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, that that's also something that's interesting is that these characters that we're so familiar with have nothing to do with each other. Uh, you know. So um, there there are other um, other games that are coming out. Um, there's uh let me see here sorry uh forza horizon celebrating its 10th anniversary soon so if you guys like the forza horizon uh uh games those are awesome um there's nope, also really. no uh, well <laughs> racing ga racing games are a lot of fun i i enjoy the racing games i'm always impressed um, to see how long a game can last and have you know new updates new games over and over again 
Madden. Yeah, Madden. Speaks to the fan base. Guilty Gears coming back to the Xbox. Um, And this trailer that you guys can see in the background, I believe, is the Three Kingdoms. It's Juan Low, I believe, is what it is, Um, which is a traditional take on uh, traditional Chinese martial arts. Uh, So it's it's very very interesting. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty interesting. um, If you watch the gameplay in this, it's phenomenal. It's uh, it very much reminds me of um, Dynasty Warriors. Um, oh yeah, I like yeah. Dynasty Warriors. Di- it definitely reminds me a lot of Dynasty Warriors, which is really really cool. If you guys have never played a Warriors game, I, I would recommend. Uh, yeah, uh, a Warriors game. But there's there's a lot of other things that Xbox is doing. Uh, you know, Street Fighter Six. But uh, there's so much that we could talk about, you know. Oh, for we sure. Don't, we don't really have all that, <laughs> all that much time today. So I'm going to hand no. it back over to you, Nikki. So. All righty. Well, we're going to cover something that's a little controversial right now. Um, we're going to go over the G4 layoffs. I don't know if anybody is aware, but they did a mass layoff of like about 30. I want to say 30. Yeah, 20 to 30 employees mm-hmm. is what it said. Yeah, so, um, what, oh, I just had the article. One second. (laughs) There it is. Uh, So it says here, yeah, at least somewhere between 20 to 30 staff members were laid off at G4, and this article was posted on the 14th. Um, for, for those of you that don't know, G4 TV was an ultra popular video oh, yeah. gaming channel that was widespread over a lot of cable distribution. This is the days before... Uh, YouTube streamers mm-hmm. and YouTube video game reviewers was really a thing. And now everybody and their mom has it, uh, does video game reviews on YouTube. But G4 was the authority when you wanted to talk about video games in, uh, on a multi-million reachable platform with folks. And eventually they got, um, they got the axe. They got bought out by Spike TV, and I think Spike TV yep. was bought by Esquire magazine. And I thought it was th- bought by Fox. Fox owns uh, everything. I'm probably Fox wrong. Then. Well, Fox and Disney <laughs> own everything, and Fox, Disney, and Amazon own everything. So, uh, but either way, uh, Ninja Warrior—that was a show that came on uh, a lot. Nagano. But either way, yeah. That, that's what, <laughs> and then recently, last year. G4 TV with a lot of financial help uh, from uh, from the guy on the right. If you see him, that is Austin Creed. He's a pro wrestler, WWE guy, huge gamer. He's got a great, successful YouTube channel called Up, Up, Down, Down. And it was his interest in the old school G4 TV network. And really, a lot of his money that brought this reboot about. So... They came back and now they've had some massive layoffs. Nikki, tell them about it. All righty. Yeah. So um, this article was stating that uh, their finances have been in really bad shape for some time, like Bill was saying. Um, it was Comcast, they, right, that owned them? Com- Comcast yes. owned them, but they did get a huge influx of startup cash from Austin Creed or. Um, Apollo Cruz, whatever you want to call, he goes by a lot of different names. So <laughs> he does. It's just so sad to see this because 
um, like Bill was saying, I, you know, I've been gaming for a really long time and G4 was one of those shows that I was actually excited about on TV, aside from the like, mm-hmm. shows that I like to watch. So to see, and I know that they were, they did a lot of streams. I hadn't seen one recently, mm-hmm. but, um, I'm going to switch over to other article Absolutely. with their Frosk. Their, yeah, th- um, this is this is mm-hmm. the big one. So I'm gonna read it out to you because it's not that long. Um, where is it? Okay, so while Nikki's pulling <laughs> that up, Frosk is a uh, a woman who did a lot of esports. Uh, content and yeah. uh, competitive gaming content and stuff like that. And she was brought into G4 TV as one of the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Personalities. And, uh, you know, with Xavier Woods Blessing, with Comcast Blessing. And then she had a very, very controversial clip that went viral and then a bunch of tweets that followed and she had a really really insensitive tone deaf tweet which eventually Mm -hmm. led to her firing because everybody needs to remember the massive layoffs hit g4 tv but frost was not one that had been terminated until after she had a very insensitive tone deaf tweet and then they had Mm -hmm. to fire her she had posted a meme and it said i survived right after all of the layoffs and wow. you know that's gonna leave a really bad taste in people's mouths you're yeah. just gonna be like that's oh classy. yeah i survived and then all of a sudden you hear about all those yeah uh i didn't appreciate that at all in the slightest i wouldn't I have either pretty tasteless no nah, so. she can go <laughs> i was like i don't care how much she is driven and um you know how much she is put herself out there and put content out there that's that's a big no-no you don't do that so that ended up leading to her being fired as well yeah give me one second i'm gonna pull up the yeah tax right will now. get you a long way if you know how to use it oh yeah <laughs> but and i just think that anybody who's on the internet nowadays has a serious lack of um Decorum. like personal skills yeah like you don't know how to talk to people and you think yeah. that whatever you put out on the internet is not going to, just because it's the internet and people don't know exactly where it's coming from, that you can't be held accountable. And that's incorrect. People can find what you posted since the moment you posted it. Like, mm-hmm. There's a famous football coach named Herm Edwards who actually just lost his job at Arizona State as the coach, so that's ironic. But he has a great comment when it comes to online content, whether it's social media, YouTube, it doesn't matter. If you're not sure about it, he's got three simple words that he tells players. Don't press send. Yeah. And then, you know, on the 14th of September, G4 announced all these massive layoffs. They actually had to shut down programming for a day because we laid off everybody. They sent out a tweet about that. Right. And then Frost puts this out. I survived. I know that is now. That's so... (laughs) <laughs> hello Augie. Oh, Augie. Augie Augie doesn't agree with the tweet either and I don't blame him Mm-mm. I don't know is Aaron still online Aaron if you're out there come get your kid <laughs> get your kid <laughs> for an hour he's your kid <laughs> so 
Sammy, as a female in the uh, more in the digital gaming space than maybe anyone else that I know of, how did you feel about this news? Um, I'll be honest with you. I, I had been so busy this week. I didn't even know about it until I, I read, I sat down and actually read the article today. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I, if they felt like the layoffs were necessary, like, like the article said, there wasn't really any, um, context to why these people got laid off, mm-hmm. but there had to have been some sort of reason or they were bringing somebody in who uh, was more beneficial to, to G4 and the company in general. Um, yeah, they I, I did really make mention know. to that. Yeah. So I, I think I remember it saying that there was not really much context behind the the layoffs, but there was a reason for them. We don't have money. So, so um, bye. Says, uh, in the article, it says Aaron's... Um, Russell Aarons. So Russell Aarons was um, in charge and it says he left shortly after and was replaced by Comcast Spectator Executive Joe Marsh, whose sources say was only interested in finding ways to slash the budget. So the suddenness and severity of today's layoffs were unexpected, however, and call into question the future of the new G4. Okay. So maybe it's going to just get refaced with a whole bunch of I, I, I don't you know, know. I don't know. I don't feel like the talent they had was doing anything wrong. And to just unexpectedly, without explanation, cut that many people, you have to be in a really bad spot. Can, yeah. can, I, I'm going to add this. If you're going to bring G4 back, I don't know if they made any overtures to some of the OGs. And, you know, I know that Morgan Webb and Olivia Munn, that was the big thing with Frost, you know, yes, and I'm not attractive like them, but I'm still a girl gamer. And that whole mm-hmm. viral clip that kind of backfired on G4, whether you agree with it or not. But, and uh, the the other two ladies, the, uh, Tina, oh, Tina Wood and the other short blonde lady, I cannot remember their her name to save my life. And I apologize because I loved her. Um, but to have only Kevin Pereira and Adam Sessler. And Adam Sessler was only really on like part-time. And let's be honest, yeah. nobody watched X-Play for Adam Sessler. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. they, they didn't. I mean, Morgan Webb, on top of being an awesome gamer, you know, ha- brought interesting takes. Whereas Adam Sessler, you know, uh, I got, I'm not, I'm going to just end that there. But he, <laughs> he, he's such a well, clown. But either way, you know, but when you bring in a whole new fresh crop, that's fine. But you've got to bring back at least one or two people that actually brought uh, viewers into G4, like an Olivia Munn. Oh, for or like sure. A, yeah, or, or, or a Morgan Webb or a Tina Wood. I mean, Tina Wood used to go around. She was the OG of, you know, going around and beating guys' ass in video games. Uh, there was a Your clip. ass. She Your did. Your ass. ass. <laughs> there, there was a clip on uh, G4TV.com, which was their uh, original show, where she went and she played a bunch of guys uh, in a dorm who had been talking so much stuff and sent her so much hate mail. And she beat one guy and took his damn diploma. <laughs> well, like, well, yeah, get the it. Bet, the bet was if he won, if he beat her in Halo 1v1, she had to wash his car in a bikini. And if she won, she got to take something in their frat house. She went and took his bachelor's degree. That's what you get, mofo. 
one of the greatest clips I ever remember on that show. And, you know, but to not have the, one of them back, I mean, I think it was due to the What a creepo, like, oh, you have to wash my car in a bikini if I win. Keep in mind, this was do? back in. Sit there and watch her wash your car with, like, her <laughs> her big old, her tiggle bitties or something like that. Like, I don't, it's just like, <laughs> I don't, it, it's. Yeah. Okay, I, I, I say, no, no, Sammy, I, I definitely see what you're saying. And you're, and you're right. In a lot, a lot of aspects, you're right. But at the same time. Yes, exactly. Just, aspects. Yeah. Like you could have at least like asked her to cosplay your favorite anime waifu and just take, you know. A <laughs> or, or why? Or <laughs> why, why a bikini? So many I, more creative ideas. <laughs> Yeah, but either, I mean, Thanks, they're, they're, they're college kids who were probably, you know, a little under the influence of certain liquids and chemicals. But that doesn't make it right. I'm not like saying gamer that. Gamer girl bathwater. Toast. Ew. <laughs> All right, we're going to move this on. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gross. Uh, gamer so girl pee. No, subtractions, ew. We're going to talk about additions. So... The Commander's Rule oh. Committee added okay. two. Well, hold, hold right, on. Let, two yeah. more members. Okay. What? Des had something to say. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Said. Go ahead. No, I was just on a different spot of the agenda and uh, I got really excited. So it's okay. Go ahead. This oh, is okay. a good part. Oh, this okay. is an exciting part. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is some more, um, some positive news. So this happened about, what is it? A week or two weeks ago? Yeah. About, about a week, about 10 days ago. Yeah. Um, so now we have, um, Olivia Gobert-Hicks and Jim LePage, is that how you say it? LePage. Uh, yes, LePage. They are, they have joined the rules committee. Um, and I had thought that Olivia was already on the rules committee, but I guess she was. She was a member of the CAG, the commander advisory group. Advisory group. So she is officially a part of it. Um, Mm -hmm. as you can see. Here and in this article, they actually have a link to the original um, announcement, and you get to see a little bit of their backgrounds. So for people who don't know, Olivia is like a start off as this cosplayer, and she's made waves in the community um, playing Commander. She loves Commander, um, and she's devoted like all of her time to it. And Um, she is dating Brian Kibler, not married to him. Not okay, married. so I knew that they Dating. were together in some fashion <laughs> yes. because of stuff that was. Well, there's an episode. They're up each other's ass all the time. Well, but there's, there's also an episode of uh, uh, I Hate Your Deck, and I'm not going to get into the BS surrounding I Hate Your Deck. I'm just referencing this one episode where Kibler and her are playing, and Kibler plays Armageddon, and uh, Olivia looks at him straight in the face and says, Really? Worst boyfriend ever. <laughs> so, oh, all right. Well, there you okay. go. Yeah. That's Rumors funny. squashed, everyone. Not yeah. married. Yeah. No, it's funny. A little side <laughs> tangent, if you guys don't mind, it'll be quick. But when I was playing against her at Magic Fest, uh, Matt and I were sitting across the table from her and Brian. And Brian had this deck box of a dragon skull for his Ur dragon deck. Uh, I can't remember if it was hers or his. It was one of the two, but one of them made it for the other. And when one of us said something about it, uh, they were talking in like couple speak. And that's why I was like really confused. So (laughs) 
<laughs> so I was just like, I'm pretty sure they're together in some fashion. Uh, but yeah, uh, oh, okay. continue. All right. So yeah, um, that's a little bit about Olivia. Um, as far as Jim is concerned, uh, I was reading up at, on the article here, um, the article within the article, and it was saying that uh, he loves... I value the freedom of exploration that Commander provides magic, specifically when building extremely unusual and sometimes powerful decks. Um, I like that. And he's also stated, in the past, I've used my platform to help destigmatize high-powered play and to showcase the unique experiences available in underexplored corners of the format. Right. I'm just saying that reminds me a lot of Dylan, in a sense, because he likes to make these really wacko decks that are actually... Um, playable. <laughs> so before yeah, before so we does, go any so further, Aaron too. Who, who are who are Dylan and Aaron? Let's be specific, because there, there may be some people who watching who don't know who they are. This is the guy who gave husband. me this rock. All right. Aaron husband. is the husband of Desiree, and uh, Dylan is Dylan the Dylan is the Beyonce. Beyonce. Of me. Uh, so I the one that sent the child to me. Attached to nobody. Desiree, how do you? You're feel attached about to me. Piece? I love you. I love you guys. Uh, you know. I did a little bit of research because I had a question while Nikki was talking and I was trying really hard to not let the ADHD interrupt her. Um, but I'm going to share my <laughs> oh, screen real quick you. because I just pulled this up. Can you guys see it? Mm. No. no. Okay. No. Oh. Mm. Where'd it go? Dirty floor though. <laughs> oh, go. Something. oh, there we go. Okay. So I pulled up the RC and the CAG and realized that Olivia is now the only woman on the RC. Oh, so hey, I think go. that's pretty cool. And that's if you scroll down, really you can cool. see I didn't the tag. Know he was that there that they had no females. Yeah, so I don't know if any have come before her, but it shows that Rachel Agnes is a CAG member, and, and so, she also. And then oh, there's Charlotte Sable as well. So they've got a couple be, females on the CAG. Uh, uh, the other girl, yeah, there's the, Rachel Weech. Yeah, that, yep, yeah, Rachel she, Weech. She's awesome. Great player. Mm -hmm. Kristen Gregory. So there's quite a few women on. The CAG, which is awesome because the advisory group does have quite a bit of say, mm -hmm. uh, but to see somebody as an RC, um, you know, it, it just really makes me happy inside. It gives you that it warm butterfly feeling. Maybe she'll unban Iona. Sammy, how do you feel about this news? Uh, honestly, I think Olivia is a good fit. Uh, you know, I loved playing against her. Um, at Magic Fest, um, she's a joy to be around, um, and she brings a lot to the community. Um, I feel like if she didn't bring a lot to the community, it'd be a different thing, but she's, there's sure. nothing bad that I can say about her. I don't know anything about Jim. Seems like a cool dude, and I like the aspect he has on. I literally know nothing about this yeah. guy. <laughs> like, these, I, I like how he is uh, into destigmatizing the higher powered play. Um, I, I can't tell you how often, uh, Nikki and I get the, your decks are too powerful or too competitive sort of thing. And we're just oh, like, uh, better. but it's not actually CEDH. So, and <laughs> I, I you know, Des, Desiree's, Desiree's getting up there with her stupid extra turns decks. So it's one of those things where it's like, no, I have to say uh, Des not, really has yeah. fine tuned her decks. They yeah, are, she has, they are very yeah. pointy. Um, it's, That's it's because I don't of, work on anything else. I have four decks to my name. Yeah, I'm going to send like, you some of mine. You can work with those. I like how he, <laughs> he wants to work on destigmatizing the higher powered decks because uh, what I consider Kalia a high powered deck, absolutely not. 
So it's one of those things where like it it it's the decks like Urza. Urza's obviously Ugh. high powered. Urza's also CEDH, you know? So it's it's one <laughs> of those things where like uh you can tell if somebody's sitting down at the table ready to just kind of poach the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um but really, Alyssa? I have four of them. You know what? So for those of you who are listening, uh, Pokemon said Des has a big, massive deck. And out of order, Dragonblade said, LOL, me too. <laughs> I, wow. Um, you know, I, I tore apart a lot of stuff. You guys, I only have two commander decks. Well, Nikki, how do you feel specifically about this news? Um, I think it's wonderful. Uh, it's fantastic. Just like Sammy said, um, Olivia, she brings a lot to the community. Um, she brings herself, which she is a joy to be around. She was very nice when I asked her to sign my mat at a command fest. Um, uh, oh, she has been Magic Fest. My bad. Community for a long time. I oh, we're going here. Following her tweets and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the comments. Dragon's Blade said Atraxa isn't CEDH. Nope. We all know that Bill has a little like throbbing a, happening. Yeah, I hate hate. Whenever oh, no, no, brought no, up. it's not throbbing, it's <laughs> oh, uh, oh Edgar Markov. Yeah, he can get up there. He can be really uh, <laughs> Yeah, Ed- Edgar's Ed- Edgar's a, a tough oh, one. All the right. The eminence ability in general is I want to say as someone who built a near CED, a CEDH level deck, which was Holland when I had him, or Chulane, for you people who don't know accents, um, <laughs> uh, he he was really fine-tuned and nice, but man, in that level of play, it is super boring. And Commander, the greatest thing about Commander, especially being in a singleton format, is that you can run into anything at a table. We all know how cards can be played, but some people uh, like to play them unusually, like Dylan and Aaron. Uh, Like, you never know what you're going to run into. It's always a refreshing surprise. It's (laughs) super customizable. Speaking speaking of that, if you don't mind, Bill, I'm sorry. I I ran into a a Sese deck the other day, the five-color tribal backgrounds. I was just like, ugh. What? So that he ended up winning because none of us paid attention to what the backgrounds did because we were just like, ugh, backgrounds. You know, so Ew, backgrounds but, are new, they're bad. Yeah. New. We we don't like new things. Getting getting slapped <laughs> with an unblockable commander that's lethal is kind of sucky, but anyway. Ooh, go ahead, that Bill. sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, but oh. yes, I think it's all over. Great news for the format. And uh Jim, I don't know who you are, but you sound like a cool dude. So keep us all right. We appreciate you. So here we go. And uh, if I got to be the bad guy, I'll be the bad guy. I'll wear that label all day, every day. Okay. So here is, I'm going to say two things. Number one, and talking about commander in general and deck building and, you know, just rule zero, everything commander, uh, Tolarian Community College, the professor, Brian, he just put out a video today that talks about the unwritten rules of Commander, and it's a really, really, really great video. I highly recommend everybody go check it out. Now, I am, everybody calm down and relax. I'm gonna, I'm gonna preface this with Olivia Good, 
Olivia Gobert-Hicks, I, I don't know a whole lot about Jim LePage other than what we've talked about so far. Olivia Gobert-Hicks is one of my favorite MTG personalities, okay? She's a phenomenal player. She's an even better deck builder. And, you know, she's just, you know, an awesome overall personality. I hate this decision. I think it is wrong on so many levels. And I'm going to explain why. If you're, if your job, if your primary source of income is to be a content creator that revolves around Magic the Gathering, you should have no place on the CAG or on the rules committee. Hmm. And Why? I say, okay, let me put it to you this way. Wayfair's bobble was like a three cent card before, um, what's his name? Captain Crybaby, Mitch from the commander's quarters. That's him. When he started putting Wayfair's bobble in every one of his uh, budget decks, Wayfair's bobble went from a two cent card to now I think it's $3. Okay, in the span of a year. Okay, hmm. you had uh, when we brought up the uh, CAG earlier, and uh, what Josh Lee Kwai is a member of the CAG, he should not be. I firmly believe in my heart that these content creators, most not all, most are having something to do getting some kind of financial compensation from Wizards of the Coast. Now, Wizards of the Coast has had a long-standing hate relation, love-hate relationship when it comes to Commander because they don't control it, but it sure as hell makes them a lot of money. And probably uh, most of the money in content creation comes from Commander, okay? Uh, what was the, uh, Des, what was the blue-red uh, hedgehog or salamander or whatever they banned like before it even? Oh, uh it's an yeah. otter, right? Yeah, the otter. It was otter, the otter. It, right. was the otter. Okay. it was the The only thing otter. I can see in my head is the trash panda card. I like smugglers yeah. something. They they banned that before it ever hit the shelves. That's number one. That's a, that's an example. It's like we didn't even get a chance to play test it. And don't, and don't <laughs> For good reason. <laughs> Lutri, yeah. It was Lutri, the spell chaser. Okay, but still, the fact that we didn't even get a chance... Because people on the rules committee and people in the CAG did not give it a shot. I mean, that they, there's too much financially involved with these rules committee people and commander advisory group people when they have to build content for Wizards of the Coast. I'm sorry. And I think there is a huge conflict of interest with people who make their money with commander content but also uh, make the rules. Yeah, you know, I hadn't well, taken that conflict of interest into account, but I definitely yeah. understand and appreciate where you're coming from. Um, now, that's, that being said, as far as like the girl power side of it, I'm all for it. Well, but yeah, of yeah. Course. from a yeah. business side of it, I, I definitely can appreciate that point. Mm -hmm. I, I just want to, I just want to, sorry. I know that you're talking about the ethics of banning a card before play. But Lutri, I, I'm going to read it out for you here because it's ridiculous. Companion, each non-land card in your starting deck has a different name that is already in the rules of Commander mm -hmm. 1. So this is an extra card for free. It has Flash. It costs three mana, one mm -hmm. and a hybrid red-blue. When Lutri the Spell Chaser ETBs, if you cast it, 
copy, target, instant, or sorcery you control, you may choose new targets for the copy. It's broken as fuck. It may be broken, but <laughs> at least give us a chance. I think okay? it's broken for play that is not casual. Right. I do yeah. not think it's broken in Commander. Now, and the only reason, the only reason why, do you mind? I'm sorry. No, no, please, please, please. Okay, please. the only reason why I don't think Lutri is broken in Commander, it obviously has the ability to be used without regard because of, well, I mean, you wouldn't be able to use it in like Shadowborn Apostles or whatever, What, regardless. Uh, you have to cast him to copy the spell. Mm-hmm. So this isn't just a when he enters the battlefield sort of situation to where mm-hmm. you can't you can't just make a deck that's just all flicker and then Lutri mm-hmm. would trigger every time. You know, so mm-hmm. that's the this that the downside to Lutri is the fact that you have to cast him in order to get the copy. And that's what makes him not broken and not busted. So that's like I don't know. It, it's it's just it's one of those things where it's just like oh I'm gonna keep killing this thing and have it go back to the command zone and then recast it. Well, it's yeah. a companion zone, but well, well yeah. It also could have been. It also could have been a commander because it's a it's a legendary creature. Okay. Well, if, let- if it was the commander, it'd be different. But if it's as a companion, I don't see it being that busted. Okay, let me bring up another example: the whole Walking Dead secret lair fiasco. Okay. Oh, God. Fiasco. Yeah. Okay, well, it, it was a bi- it was a big fiasco. It, this it is was how, it was huge. Yeah, this is how Mitch from the command uh, command quarters got the nickname Captain Crybaby. Okay, it, it really is. <laughs> it, but people with influence, and when I'm saying influence, I'm talking about members of the CAG and members of the Rules Committee who are content creators. They can go on there and say, "Yeah, we voted not to." You know the. Uh, Oh shit, Josh Lee Kwai and Jimmy Wong, the, the um, Command Zone, their podcast, they went on there and defended the decision, whereas a lot of players, 97% in a poll, said, yeah, this is wrong. And it's it's a huge, huge conflict of interest when people who are getting financial compensation from either Wizards of the Coast or making content from a format are in control of the rules of the format. Um, I think that is a topic that I guess a lot of people... Um, is Des gone? No, she's here. She's uh, here. She looks frozen. I was going to oh, say. Maybe. Um, but a lot of people say that um, I've heard that you know, they get the rules committee plays a game and they get butt hurt about a card. They do. And that's a joke. And then, and then all of a sudden they, they ban it. I'm not sure that's what really happens, but oh. I'm pretty sure at the same time that these people are capable of making fair decisions. Now, if there is an abuse in power, if, if there's an abuse in power, I think we'll definitely be able to see it. Um, okay. There, there, but at the same time, Commander is not a like it's not a recognized format as competitive play. Mm-hmm. So it is a fan bay made format. So it's gonna it's gonna stay that way. And but Wizard so sure as hell doesn't mind making fan. the money off of the format. I mean, as a business, would you not want to make money off of something no, that's popular? No, but Wizards has <laughs> no. I one hundred percent agree with you. But Wizards has no say in the rules committee or the CAG. Nope, they don't. 
but, but they but have the, a the, they but, have a say in how cards officially function and work in just regular magic rules. And they've got no problem shipping money to the people on the CAG in the rules committee. That's where my problem comes. Okay. So that I, I'm going to leave it at that because I think it's a huge problem. It has nothing to do with Olivia. She's a wonderful ambassador for the game. She's fantastic. I did not know that she's now the only female member of the rules committee. I think that's disgusting, but uh, you know, I, I just feel that if that's your main source of compensation or your main source of income, you should not be able to make the rules. Okay. No, that's fair. I understand it from that side when you put it like that. But I think since she is the only female on the rules committee right now, it's mm -hmm. kind of awesome as representation for us. For sure. So I think that's kind of where, I mean, and you're right. It is, it is very disappointing that they're just now allowing women to be part of the rules committee. So it's just, mm -hmm. it, you know, we graduated from the stone age eons ago. You know what I mean? So <laughs> You would think it, it's, yeah, right. But well, now I wonder you, you what's know, the ratio of how many women play magic. They're not so question. apparently um the amount of women that play magic right now is they're not considered uh, I don't want to say part of the 1%, but that's what it is. Is there's more women that play magic now than there used to be and um, not a substantial amount. But not a substantial amount, but enough to be not considered part of the 1% in magic. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, but, uh, All right. it is what it is. Well, while we're still mad about things, um, <laughs> Bill, can you pull up that, that tweet? I, I'm not mad. I'm just, I, I'm really disappointed. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not, I don't get salty because at the end of the day, this doesn't bother me. I'm going to play whatever games I want, whenever oh, for I sure. want with, with whomever I want. Mm -hmm. so, and if we don't like yeah. it, well, fucking house rules, baby. I'll play with that loot tree if I fucking want In this house, I own yeah. it is free. <laughs> Iona is set free, baby. <laughs> Can you pull up that tweet, Bill? Oh, I just found um, an article. That, that all of us. Oh. What? What's up, Jess? Oh, I was saying, I just pulled up an article um, from a website called The Horizon. And it says the local scene, one of designers, Mark Rowe, has stated that 38% of Magic's player base is female. This number has come from people who play magic online at their local game stores and at their kitchen table. Nice. And I'm looking for a date on the article. Uh, yes. This was as of April 29th of 2019. That's Dylan. Yeah. Nikki, what, what can I pull up for you, ma'am? The tweet that uh, Dylan's oh uh, comment oh. highlighted. Oh yeah. my gosh! Give me one second. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. this this is mega BS for any of you who are cosplayers out there and actually put time and, and effort and money into your your craft. Mm -hmm. uh, this is. I know Sammy cosplays. So I cosplay. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. This fellow tweeted out going over the the uh prize out for the cosplay contest at magic 30 which we're all excited to go to which i don't know I'm this not is that excited anymore um the winner the best in show gets a 200 dollars gift card to joanne fabrics what the hell That's is it. joanne fabrics it's a, uh, it's it's a, a fabric store oh, it's like <laughs> sorry it's like michael's yeah that's it. 
Yeah, it's obviously a favorite story. So he, he tweets here, I actually laughed out loud when I read this. You make a costume that takes a lot of time and money, pay $160 minimum, might I add, for a ticket to Magic 30, probably thousands for room and travel, and can win a $200 Joanne Fabric gift card. Yep. That's BS. Yes. And, 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 and actually, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that um, as I was going over the RC, I connected a couple of dots and I realized that Sheldon Mennery is on the RC and he actually tweeted against this today. He said he called out wizards and he said essentially that he's very disappointed and that they need to do better. Like this was his official calling to them to do better than what they're doing. Hmm. So maybe yeah. some sort of weird, like, Oh, give away a revised card or something or give us give give whoever wins more money how nikki you said something earlier when we were just kind of ch- chatting about uh this about mm-hmm. blizzard uh yeah, what blizzard's so, cosplay contests are like for world of warcraft and other things so all of their games um the last time i was gonna one, me real quick so if i glitch out just keep going okay so the last time I've been to a BlizzCon, um, the best in show, the prize out, grand prize winner, you got three fucking grand. Okay. So $200 gift card for this already expensive thing you're buying, because buying video games is one thing. And I know all the expansions for World of Warcraft can add up, but I'm just saying, Putting all of your money in investing into a card game, which takes out money, like a lot of money over time, and then you being excited to cosplay for it, uh, it just seems very greedy to me. This company, um, Wizards, is being very greedy, doesn't want to shell out for these people. It's like they almost don't want to have this uh, Magic 30 uh, they, they made it so painfully hard for people to buy tickets. They know Commander is very popular for them. So they tacked on an extra $160 for you to enter a play area just for Commander. And, and then they're like, mm, we'll give you $200 for dressing up as your favorite Commander or something or just any card or it's whatever. Not even $200. It's fucking bullshit. And so yeah. I'm not, I'm legit not as excited to go to magic 30 as I was before because it just seems painful. Like I'm going to Disneyland with half the amount of fun expected. So yeah, that's Uh, my two cents. (laughs) No, I, I totally, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And as, as somebody who's been to um, masquerades at anime, you know, anime expo or uh, cosplay content, I haven't been in them, but I've watched them. Um, and for the people who put time and money into these pieces of armor and they have 3d printers and Mm -hmm. stuff like that for all these weapons. And you see like the monster hunter people who cosplay as monster hunter characters are nuts. Yeah. And it's, you have women like who, or cosplayers in general, like Olivia Gobert Hicks. I don't know if any of you have ever seen her Tasa Karlov cosplay, oh, yeah. but her mm-hmm. Tasa Karlov is like, if we're talking yeah. about like, can I interject quality, real quick? Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. So, I mean, one, I just want to show this to everybody because it's awesome. More importantly, you had mentioned, you know, cosplayers 3d printing their weapons and stuff. Um, this is a, a swole Pikachu file that I found online. <laughs> I, I know, but enough. Um, he's cool, you know, very creative. 
but somebody had to take time to design this. And this print alone took 21 hours. My printer back here was going for 21 hours straight with no pauses whatsoever, just to print this. So you take this into consideration and compare it to a piece of weaponry that someone's created. And that's not including the time that they took to sand it down, to put any kind of poly on top of it so they could shape it properly and fill in gaps. And then the painting on top of it. And in mm -hmm. some cases, the 3D printers aren't big enough to print a full-size piece. They have to be printed in segments. So yep. that means they're taking time to actually use the plastic to essentially solder these pieces together so that they withstand whatever it is that they're going to be going through. I mean, yep. 3D printing element of cosplay is, is newer, but it's a huge factor in it. And it's not easy. It's time-consuming. The filament alone is expensive. And a Joanne's gift card that is specific to fabric only when like Sammy's saying there's armor that goes into this it's not all foam you know they use other materials mm -hmm. you can't get all of these materials at Joanne's it's yeah. I don't want to say online or thermal plastics even like yeah PVC mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it's like there's famous cosplayers like Yaya Han she makes oh, yeah. videos of herself sewing stuff together. So these these professional cosplayers like Olivia Gobler Hicks and Yaya Han and and Alex Drostel, uh, many of these these people who are actually make their own costumes unless they're it's you know sponsored by somebody like Easy Cosplay or something like that where they're given mm -hmm. the costumes to promote them which some of them may be, and they could just be given the costumes regardless, but these people actually put in a lot of work. And, you know, for those of us who do have friends who do cosplay, we know how much work they put into all of these, these costumes. It and $200 is, $200 is maybe a few yards of fabric. I mean, it's, it's $200 is not, it's literally nothing. You can, I can buy good art. I could buy maybe, five artist pens that are really good for that amount of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, and what are five artist pens to a cosplayer? So it's, this is just one of those things where like wizards is being really cheap and it's like, uh, okay, we're going to do this big, huge celebration and you guys can come join us, but we're only going to give you $200 why don't you give the winner a tabernacle at Pendrel Vale if you found so many of those boxes? Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's not even $200. It's a gift card to a store. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's right. Exactly. I can't even and, cash that out. And obviously <laughs> not, even, not everybody's heard of Joanne Fabrics. You know, yeah, so, look, Bill didn't even yeah, know what it Bill was. Didn't what even if there know is no was. Joanne's where you fucking I'd, live? I'd yeah. rather have $200 gift card to Kroger. At least then I can go get groceries. I just this want to true. say, true. like, I hope that there's enough of a fucking upset. And I, you know that I'm mad when I cuss a lot. I hope there's enough of a fucking upset where Wizard goes, oh, shit, my bad, and changes it. Because you fucking better. I'm just saying, because I was trying to keep this a surprise from the other ladies there. But I plan to bring a cosplay to Magic 30. So uh, I wanted to surprise you guys. You, you guys know of it. You still don't know what it is. So, but I plan to bring a cosplay. I didn't really know about entering the contest, but now for damn sure. I don't okay, yeah, I, here, yeah. here's my cosplay for Magic 30. <laughs> oh, I'm getting it. I'm dead. <laughs> that's fucked up. Wow, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Um, hit, hit him up with it, Des. All right. So we recently had a couple of really exciting things happen with the Women of Gaming nonprofit organization. Uh, we're doing a total revamp of our board of directors so that we can actually move through and completely legitimize the organization. Uh, we're going to be having our, our board established by October 2nd. And then moving from there, we're going to have a leadership team created. And shortly after that, we'll actually be sending in our 501 application. So we're going to be moving kind of quickly in the next, I don't know, two months or so. Um, but it's, it's really exciting. Um, we're trying to be as transparent as humanly possible so that everybody knows what's going on with us. And I just, I feel really good about the direction that we're going and the moves that we're making. So Definitely. please stick around, keep following us. Um, we're going to be opening up actual membership soon. So you can be like a legitimate member of Women of Gaming. Um, those of you that are here, we already consider you members and supporters and we love you for it. Um, and, and really, I just want to say thank you to everybody that has seen us from the beginning or jumped in two days ago, wherever you're at, thank you for your support and, you know, allowing us to come into your homes on Thursday night and hang out with you for an hour and listening to Nikki and Bill cuss like a sailor is, you yeah. know, they're good at it. <laughs> <That's fucking awesome. laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, our, our big mission is to create a fun, safe and supportive gaming community for everybody. And while we are called women of gaming, it's because this started with a group of women that saw something that needed to be fixed and we're trying to fix it for everybody. So as soon as the memberships roll oh, out, we're going to be announcing it on the Facebook Aww. page. We'll be announcing it here. So look for it. We want to have, you know, real live members that we can send stuff to and send emails and let you know what's going on with us. And, you know, we're looking to grow nationwide at the very least. We want to grow nationwide so that everybody has access to what we're trying to do and create. Yep. All right. So with that, it is now 10 minutes past when we're supposed to shut up and get out of your hair. <laughs> we know you so, have uh, to do food to eat. <laughs> yep. Uh, I'm going to revamp the post about commander, uh, the, the worst commanders. So find the crappiest commanders in the last five years, the, the worst gameplay, the worst to play against, just all around okay, so shitty commanders the from the last five years. Now. The most useless. Yep. The most useless and, uh, commanders. Mm -hmm. Next week, and we're actually going to roll through and have a wheel and we're each going to be assigned a shitty commander and we're going to build around the shitty commander and we're going to play mm -hmm. it on stream for you. Yes. So really get in there. Oh, leave your so. comments, please. And tell other people to leave their comments, you know, spread the news because I'm sure you love watching us do embarrassing things. Oh, yeah. Oh, and we're almost <laughs> at uh, 1500 on the Facebook group, Women of Magic the Gathering. I think so we once we hit that like magical... 18 new members something like that but nice. once we hit that magic number i've got a big giveaway so Ooh. make sure you're inviting your friends um but with that thank you so so much for being here with us and we will see you next week at 6 30 p.m pacific standard time bye guys thanks bye. for coming guys thank you for listening to the women of gaming podcast be sure to follow us on facebook instagram and twitter